I think it's a complete waste of time to try to build your own platform. Uh, I think that you identify other players in the industry or people that you could align with and you tap them and you say, can I write for you? Can I do one guest article? Here's a sample that I have. You might have to do that a hundred times because they've already got people like me and I'm going to be like, don't let them come on and steal my platform. Right. <laughs> uh, so you might have to reach out a, a lot or you might have to show them that you're way better at writing the content than whoever it is. Uh, get on podcasts, things like that. But that, that was the big thing for me when I, when I started, um, l- luckily I found bigger pockets for him. I, I stumbled across it one day. It was totally by happenstance. And, and I, I jumped on my, my first couple questions, my first couple posts was me asking how to buy multifamily real estate and trying to figure it out. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, Yona Weiss, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce Brandon Hall, a CPA who is uh, someone I consider a friend, someone that I've learned a tremendous amount from, and I'm really grateful that he took some time today in the midst of tax season to, uh, to join me on the call today. How you doing, Brandon? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Yona. It's my pleasure. A little background if you guys haven't heard of Brandon Hall. So it probably means you've never heard of uh, the internet or, uh, <laughs> or at least Bigger Pockets. Okay. This guy, I found him first on Bigger Pockets a few years ago, just tremendously adding value. And that's what I love about people that who are just, you know, kind of just adding value, just providing as much free information as possible. Because believe it or not, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, business strategies that you can have is really just provide as much free information as possible. And people will just recognize you as a source of, uh, of knowledge. So without further ado, Brandon has, uh, you know, he basically started out in corporate accounting and uh, dropped out of that to start as an entrepreneur to start his own accounting firm, which is now the real estate CPA. Awesome accounting firm. Love you to tell us a little more about that and how you started that. And he's the host of a couple of podcasts. One I've had the pleasure of being on the real estate CPA podcast which is a great one. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts and a brand new podcast called the staying power. Is that correct? Did I get that right? Yep. The staying power podcast, staying power podcast. So Brandon, give me a little bit, a little background. What, what happened to you? You got uh, fed up with, with corporate, uh, corporate taxation and the entrepreneurial spirit just hit over you and, and he's much. a real estate investor as well. I should have mentioned. Yeah. 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 All the things, all the things. Yeah. I graduated from college in 2013 went up to Washington, D.C. to start my career at PricewaterhouseCoopers, big four accounting firm. And it took me about three months to realize it wasn't for me. Uh, not, not just like the firm, but just corporate America in general just was not for me. <laughs> I, I really didn't like being told what to do, which is funny because I joke that at the time I only had one boss. Now I have like 600 bosses on all of our <laughs> clients, but <laughs> I didn't really like being told what to do. And I didn't feel like my, my ideas were valuable. I felt like you had to stay for a long time in a company before you were trusted with, with, uh, to share your ideas and opinions. And it was probably, probably a little, a little naive. Uh, but anyway, I started at PwC. I worked there for about a year and a half and I quit and moved to Ernst & Young, another big four firm, their competitor. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and that was, that was a fun, a fun experience in and of itself. But anyway, moved to Ernst & Young. And right when I moved to Ernst & Young, I started commenting on bigger pockets by just like answering people's tax questions and accounting questions. And I bought a three unit property right all about the same time. And then the commenting on bigger pockets just sort of snowballed. I started writing for the bigger pockets blog. And then I was asked to be on the bigger pockets podcast and the rest was history. That was the, the start of the firm. So. <laughs> yeah, basically that's what I found. Like if you get on the bigger pockets podcast, basically you're set for life. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But it's, it's such a, they do such a good job. Like, like just curating all their fans and getting in front of people. Uh, but definitely for the new business owner. And especially at the time that I think I got on it, uh, it was just, it was an incredible lift. I, I was doing, I, I think I had one to two leads a week before the podcast and immediately after the podcast, it was about 20 leads a week that wanted to speak with me. And yeah, I mean, it just blew up and the rest is history. So now I have a CPA firm, the real estate yeah. CPA. We are national, I guess international too. We have a few international clients. We only work with real estate investors and I have 17 employees, 17 staff. Uh, we're hundred percent virtual. So we don't have a central office. Uh, it's really helped us out actually with the whole, I mean, it hasn't helped us out. It just kept us operational with the whole right. COVID thing where all of our counterparts were trying to figure out how to move their teams to remote. We were already there, which was nice. But COVID, I, we actually went into this thinking, hey, we are rock solid. We're already virtual. We're good to go. Then they changed that, uh, that deadline to July 15th, and it has been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so it's been a nightmare for really everybody that I know that's running CPA firms too. It's just, you know, everybody waits till the last minute to drop everything off, right. virtually drop everything yeah, off. Of course. It's been wild. Yeah. It's fun, great. fun ride. <laughs> that is a lot of fun. And it's great that you, that you have that and you're growing, which, it, which is incredible that your firm has been in a, you know, a consistent vertical kind of growth pattern since you opened it, since you started it. And uh, yeah, that's, that's incredible. So you, well, you mentioned, told- you mentioned at the beginning, the content education, right? It's, right. it's just giving everything away for free. And at, at first it sounds counterintuitive. I, I'm, I'm in a group where there's a bunch of us CPA firm owners and, some of those folks don't understand, like, why would I give my knowledge away? And the way that I look at it is, hey, the tax code's public. I mean, I mean, it's public information. All this is public information. It's not secrets. I mean, yeah. anybody can go with enough time and figure it out. So why don't you just be the guy that helps them figure it out sooner? <laughs> and That's then they're right. going to come to you because they're going to go, that's great that you, you've helped me figure this out, but this is way too complicated. I don't have time to do this. Exactly. You just do it for me. And then that's it. It's game over. Exactly. And that's worked really well for us. Yeah. I mean, so you guys are creating videos, right? Video content, blogs, webinars, you're doing constantly. You've got the podcast going on and really on, on all platforms, you know, full steam ahead, which, you know, kudos to you and, and Thomas who, who is helping you do that. It's yeah, incredible, it. incredible. Yeah. Idea. So tell me about the Staying Pound podcast. What's that all about? So the Staying Power podcast, it's meant as a way to help entrepreneurs understand that when they are facing challenges, big or small, or incredible challenges, they're not alone. And that's the point of the Staying Power podcast is just to show the other entrepreneurs out there that have gone through it. They've made it through the challenges and you will too. And it'll all be okay. I've had business coaches from day one. I strongly believe in business coaches. Uh, I've got a business coach that runs a $50 million title company out in California. I actually interviewed him on the, on the Staying Power podcast. And I've had some pretty big challenges that I think that I've faced. And I go to him and talk and he laughs. 
He's just like, yeah, just wait, just wait until you, you're a $10 million company. And then these challenges are going to be nothing. And, but, and that might sound a little like egotistical, might sound a little pompous, but it's also exactly right. It's just, Hey, you've been through it. You're still there. You made it through. Cause to me, it's the end of the world. I'm, it's game over, right. but that's not really the case. And, and it's just nice to have that gut check. So that's the point of the staying power podcast is to kind of show people, Hey, if you're experiencing challenges, other people have to go listen to an episode where somebody's way ahead of you and you'll see that you're going to make it through it. That's awesome. Let me ask you, what's, what's been your biggest challenge in running this, you know, totally virtual company? I mean, was it always in your mind to you know, do it virtually or did you originally like want to have like just, you know, a, a small accounting firm with a base and then, and then kind of branch out from there? I always wanted to do it virtual. So, so when I was building this while I was working at the big four, uh, what I couldn't understand at the big four was why I had to dress up and like I had to dress up every single day, suit and tie, never saw the client. It didn't make sense to me why I had to dress up and it didn't make sense why I couldn't do my work from literally any, anywhere in the world. I didn't need to be on the client side to do the work. So when I finally uh, quit the big four and moved full time into this, I was already virtual quote unquote, just by nature. But then I decided at that point, you know what, I want to travel the world and I want to be able to service my clients anywhere in the world, as long as I have an internet connection. So mm -hmm. I will always be virtual and I will never accept paper. And uh, I've only ever had to fire one client because they insisted on mailing in paper. <laughs> and, I, and I say fire lightly more of like, Hey, we're not probably the best fit for you. Let's go find you another, another firm, which worked out fine. But yeah, but so we've been virtual really from day one. Now I've never done the traveling piece, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, uh, but my team has, which is great. You know, I get to live vicariously through my team. So. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. awesome. And so you're, so I mean, I mean, and you've given that opportunity to uh, like you said, 17 other people uh, yeah. around the country who are, have kind of the same, the same goal, the same passion. In fact, I know, I know a few of them that have, you know, that work for you and went from other roles you know, obviously they all came from other, other roles before they joined your firm. So that's incredible that you're kind of giving this opportunity to people and hopefully continue to grow this model. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. It's definitely come with challenges. I yeah. Mean, so our, what, what is one of the, one of some of those challenges that, that have, uh, you know, struck you? Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the biggest challenge is really just making sure that everybody's pointed at the same goalpost in a virtual firm. It's really tough to do. I do think though, that being in an office would make it even tougher weirdly enough. I think that being virtual, it shines a spotlight on the issues. So I can't track, for example, most CPA firms and, and law firms track time. They bill for their time. I can't do that. Uh, how would I, that would drive me nuts. I'd be, I'd be losing sleep at night. Did my employees actually work the time that they build put into their timesheet? Who knows, right? So you first you have to figure out how to track people and hold them accountable to results. And that's a scary thing for a lot of people. If you've you're an employee and you've never really been held accountable to results. You know, you like you're there and you've got your annual performance review at the end of the year, but if you don't actually have a couple of metrics that you've been held, that you're hold, held accountable to that are hard to get. Mm -hmm. That can be scary moving into an environment where all of a sudden it's, it's only results based because that's the only thing that we can track and measure and make sure that we're, we're still on the right track. Huh. The other thing too, is just, it's just the, uh, the goalpost, making sure that everybody's still pointed to the same direction and, marching in the same, in the same line. And that just requires a lot of conversations and can make it really tough. You have to be very intentional with culture building in a virtual firm. So do you do that? I mean, do you do like, you know, team 
<laughs> team building projects virtually? I mean, how, how would you yeah. even do that? Well, that's a good question. So culture, what I've found is less about the team building events and more about creating consistency, creating a rhythm, and making sure that you're living up the values that you project, right? Yeah. So one of our big values is we hold people accountable to results. Well, the second that I don't hold somebody accountable to results, now I'm hurting that culture. So you have to be really intentional about making sure that you're, the values that you believe in mm -hmm. are actually values that you believe in, not just ones that you wrote down because they sound nice. But really, it's just the rhythm and the consistency. So we've got reporting consistency. Like I share my financial information with my team every single Friday, every single Friday morning. So I'll do the budgeting, we'll do the financials, and we'll post them. Uh, we actually just upgraded them to a live dashboard, which is why I was like thinking about that for a second. I was like, wait, I don't do that anymore because we have a live dashboard that just automatically feeds in whenever the updates are going in, which is nice. We have Friday team meetings every single Friday. And most people go, well, yeah, everybody has team meetings. Yeah, but the point is in a virtual firm, you have to create the rhythm. You have to create that consistency. People know that they have to show up. And that's where that culture building sort of starts to come from. So we've got all sorts of different meetings. We have a lot more meetings than we would probably in an office, but it's also important to get that face time in a virtual environment. Awesome. Uh, and to me, that sounds like an ideal situation in, in a lot of ways, because, you know, obviously you don't have to go into the office. You don't have to put up for anything. And holding yourself accountable for results is, can be a really great motivator, really. So that's interesting. I, I wonder. Well, it's nice because I can have conversations with my team and say, you're being paid X. And if you're motivated by money, here's how you get to Y versus in the, in, in any sort of traditional corporate environment, it's a, well, I'm getting paid X. I want to get to Y. And there's this, like, nobody's being honest with me as to how I actually get it done. If you just tell me how to get it done, I'll go get it done. If I really want to get paid Y. Right. And so that's, that's where the results space Kind of accountability comes into play it's, it makes it so much easier to have those conversations and then and my and, and and i've had some business coaching which <laughs> these guys can be really cutthroat about this stuff my, my business coaches can but they'll be like hey you're supposed to generate fifteen thousand dollars a month you made it to 14.999 you're a dollar off why are we even having the conversation <laughs> i mean i'm not i'm not that cutthroat but you can be if you're holding people accountable to results it's just you make it much more objective you inject a lot of clarity into the organization and uh, it helps everybody top to bottom. Yeah, no, I hear that. What, so let me ask you, let's, let's kind of change, switch gears a little bit here because uh, let's, I'd love to go back to the, the idea of this, you know, creating content and, you know, providing value for your potential clients or just people out there, right? And so you're doing this and you have a, a great name for this. Obviously, the Be Your Pockets has helped <laughs> with that. And you, and you came back even on, uh, you know, a podcast, uh, when they have the tax reform, right? To yeah. talk about updates in the tax reform. What advice would you give to someone who's like, you know, someone like you or, you know, it's kind of daunting when you think about it, when you're like, how can I just like put out information? No one's getting into taking seriously until I do it consistently for, you know, X amount of times. And I struggle with this as well, but I'm just curious, you know, if you have any pointers or any uh, ideas for people who are getting started in the space, whatever space yeah. that is. Yeah. So if you're just getting started, I think it's a complete waste of time to try to build your own platform. Uh, I think that you identify other players in the industry or people that you could align with and you tap them and you say, can I write for you? Can I do one guest article? Here's a sample that I have. 
you might have to do that a hundred times because they've already got people like me and I'm going to be like, don't let them come on and steal my platform. Right. <laughs> uh, so you might have to reach out a, a lot, or you might have to show them that you're way better at writing the content than whoever it is. Uh, get on podcasts, things like that. But that, that was the big thing for me when I, when I started, um, l- luckily I found bigger pockets form. I, I stumbled across it one day. It was totally by happenstance. And, and I, I jumped on my, my first couple questions, my first couple posts was me asking how to buy multifamily real estate and trying to figure it out. And they were such rookie posts. I go back and I was like, <laughs> it's pretty funny. But anyway, uh, you know, I actually had this conversation with one of the, one of my staff recently. I was like, our job is to educate people and help them sift through everything. Because when I started my firm, it took me three weeks to figure out what the heck an LLC was. Right. So you know, <laughs> now we know and we laugh about it, but that's where people are starting from. And we have right. to remember that. And that's where I started from too. But anyway, I, I just fell into loving the Bigger Pockets forum and answering tax questions. And I got a real thrill out of it about, about helping people out. So what that snowballed into was me leveraging the Bigger Pockets platform. They were figuring out SEO. They were figuring out how to drive traffic to their platform. And I, would, I was just able to make a big name as being a top contributor on that platform. Right. And so that's really what my advice would be is if you're starting from scratch, forget trying to build your own platform out right now. You, you should definitely do that at some point, right. but go find somebody else that you can, that you can help legitimately help, but also leverage at the same time to make a name for yourself. Yeah. That makes, makes a lot of sense, especially, you know, collaborations with other people are a tremendous amount, you know, like, like you said, getting on podcasts as well is, uh, is great because there are hundreds, thousands of podcasts in any industry and they are all looking for guests for the most part. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you can yeah. But go prepared. Right. I mean, that's the other thing we, we get bombarded with requests now uh, to get on both of our podcasts, to be a, a guest article or a guest, guest blogger. And I don't even look at them anymore unless it's really interesting. I just have my assistant filtered out because it's just, but I mean, I, I like think back and I'm like, man, I'm like telling all these people no when I was in that, in those same shoes too, at some point. But, yeah. So it's kind of a weird, uh, it's been a weird role reversal, but you know, make it interesting and, or even send them the, the brief of the article that you're going to write, like, like do as much of the work you can yourself to make it really easy on them to just say, yes, let's do it. hundred percent, hundred percent. Now what happens if you have a client and I know you're saying you're real estate focused, right? All your clients are real estate investors or owners or whatever. You ever get any people who are like, just kind of wacky out there clients who like have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they're like, well, you know, you're the real estate CPA. So I need some real estate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. We've seen some really weird stuff. We've seen, we've seen scams. Uh, Oh yeah. 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 We've had some, some syndicate clients, not, (laughs) not do very, very good stuff. Uh, But anyway, we've seen that. We've seen people just all over the place. We've seen people make an incredible amount of money. We we had a guy who was making $10 million a year on a info um, blog sort of similar to a bigger pockets. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but most of our clients, most of our clients, they don't actually, m- most of our clients build wealth outside of real estate and then they transfer their wealth into real estate, which is really interesting. So we, we do have people that have built everything in real estate from scratch, but it's not very common. And mm-hmm. I think it's not very common because it's just so capital intensive. I think in general, yeah, I mean, I think you're correct about that. Like people use real estate as a wealth building vehicle, but don't necessarily, you know, not, don't put all their eggs in one basket. 
But you're yeah. saying you have clients who are, you know, have businesses or professions outside of that and then invest in real estate. Yeah. I actually wrote an article on bigger pockets that they, they like re-release once every four to six months or something that talks about this. And it's, it's so funny too, cause I've gotten some, I've got some hate mail from that article. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, Oh, you missed the point. The point of the article that I was trying to say was like, look, if you are, if you're a salesperson or if you run a business, then you're going to build a significant amount of wealth or you have a much better chance of building a significant amount of wealth, which sounds a little backwards. But the point is, is that in those two types of roles, you can very much so control your income. Whereas if you're an employee and you're just subject to the annual performance reviews, it's going to be much more difficult to really control your income. And what I have seen is the people with the most wealth are typically the business owners or the sales professionals, and they move that wealth into real estate. And that's what I was trying to say. I don't think that I said it very eloquently, though. We had a lot of folks that were like, yeah, you, you don't know, rentals have been great for me and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, I didn't say they were bad. I just, <laughs> gosh. Well, I mean, a, a, a pro rental property owner is, is a business owner in, you know, the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> There's absolutely. Point. All right, I want to I want to jump right into to the final four over here, Brandon. You're I could talk all day, and I really appreciate you joining me. But I want to jump right into the final four. Four questions we ask every single guest. First question is, what's the worst job that you ever had? And I think you may have already touched on it, but if there's <laughs> no, I would say the physical labor, man. I, when I was a teenager, I had a, a mulching business, and by business, I mean I had like two clients that I would do. I would spread all their mulch like 50 tons of mulch in, in a matter of like a month or so during summer. Uh, man, that was some grueling, grueling labor. I, I say it's grueling. It wasn't even that bad. It was just like getting the pitchfork, throwing it in the wheelbarrow, and hauling it off and dumping it and spreading it. But definitely makes you appreciate what you have now. So. Right. You learn very quickly. In, in physical labor, you learn very quickly. Either, either you're cut out for it or you're not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, second question, what is a book you've read? I'm sure you've read a lot, but have given you a paradigm shift. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Number one, best favorite book that I've ever read. I try to get everybody else that I know to read it. I've had friends and family and uh, employees read it. It's just, it's incredible. It teaches you how to understand humans, understand how they think, and then also influence their way of thinking. Uh, it's very powerful and would definitely recommend. It was the first business book that I've read and I reread once a year. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that. It's a great, and it, it is a paradigm shift because you, you, when you start to think about other people, right, and how they think, it totally changes how you interact with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, before that, I had no idea how to talk to people. I had no idea what interested people. And in that book, opened up an entire world that I didn't even know existed. Actually, so my business coach is really good at emotional intelligence and his business coach, I recently talked to because we're going to get him on the Staying Power podcast too. Uh, his business coach even framed it better. He said, you know, when I was a young guy on the scale of one to a hundred, my emotional intelligence skill was a three and it led to a lot of problems. And so he, he worked on it intentionally and I don't really know what that intention is because we haven't interviewed him yet, but I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> Basically, he, he kind of, he was like, yeah, now, now it's a 95 out of 100. And that conversation just kind of brought me all the way back to how to win for influence people. It made me realize that emotional intelligence is a skill that can be learned, much like coaching is a skill that can be learned, much like anything else is a skill that can yeah. be learned. Yeah, incredible. 
Awesome. So a third question, what is a skill, speaking of skills, right? A skill or talent that you would like to learn? Gosh, that I'd like to learn? Probably mm -hmm. coding, anything related to coding. I feel like every once in a while I get into the, I get stuck building a, a landing page or something. And I know basic HTML and basic CSS, but knowing how to do the cooler stuff would be, would be a nice, a nice uh, arrow for the quiver. Yeah, not bad. I mean, it's probably not that difficult to learn, but you know, once you, you got to get there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just another thing to add onto the list. Awesome. So the fourth and final question, Brandon, what does success mean to you? Uh, being happy. Yeah, that, that's what success is. And for me, but, but I also think that everybody's definition of happiness is very different. Uh, what makes me happy is not going to make somebody else happy. Me, being happy for me means growing a CPA firm to a very large scale, getting nationally recognized, hundreds of employees, building all of them up and, and making just, just sort of changing the way that accountants work. That's what happy means to me. So success is that. Oh, and that's a very ambitious goal. And that's something that uh, hopefully you can get to. That's, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Well, we're, we're definitely on our way there. So we, we're, we're definitely working there. I mean, our, our goal is $100 million. It, it was $50 million because my business coach runs a $50 million company. And then I interviewed a guy on the Staying Power podcast named Gary Shamus. And he started or he joined his dad's firm, his dad's CPA firm back in the mid 80s when they were doing 200K in revenue. And he grew it to 100 million and sold it to BDO in 2015. I was like, well, if Gary can do it in 33 years in Ohio, he was only in Ohio. And half the time, accountants couldn't even market. They couldn't even advertise. Like, yeah. if he could do it, we can do it. <laughs> so it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just getting big. But I love, I love the building process. It's a lot of fun. If I didn't like the building process, I wouldn't do any of this. And there you go. <laughs> James is waving high. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's fun. And so it's really just part of the challenge, you know, right. of, of trying to scale something big and make a name for yourself. Awesome. It takes time, but uh, you're definitely on the right path and on the right way. So I appreciate, uh, appreciate you making the time for us today. Where can people find you? How can people get in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so you can find me at thestayingpowercollective.com, the Staying Power podcast, the Real Estate CPA podcast, or LinkedIn. Or if you're interested in real estate, the, uh, the realestatecpa.com would be good too. Awesome. So all those things we'll put in the show notes for everyone. Thank you again, Brandon and James. It's been a pleasure. Uh, you guys, you guys are awesome. Stay good, stay healthy. And, um, thank you again for your time. And remember to all our listeners, I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I definitely did. You should definitely check out Brandon wherever in all those things that he just mentioned before to check him out. And remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick. I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.